now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. All right, hey. Hopefully you can hear this okay. Our soundboard is kind of off a little bit. This is Mandisa, Overcomer. Yeah, it is. Watching people drive by T-Mac on the radio. Yeah, it is. It's actually evening. Glad you're here. Hopefully... Hopefully we can encourage you tonight. Mm -hmm. That's right, people. There we go. Now we got it on both sides. My husband's awesome. Romans 8. You're an overcomer. Yeah, you are. Two, three, four. Everybody's been down, hit the bottom, hit the ground. Ooh, you're not alone. Just take a breath, don't forget, hang on to his promises. He wants you to know. Look that one up. Right I always wanted to be a drummer. video that she did is so good. So great. Don't give in. You're an overcomer. Don't quit. Don't give in.
There we go. <laughs> That's just my way of <clears throat> doing stuff. There we go. See? Well, hello, people. It is Sunday night. Yeah, it is. I have some friends that are actually somewhere else right now. Can you believe that? The nerve of them. They go somewhere else. <laughs> what? You don't want to spend every waking moment with me? Just kidding. Uh, poor Bearface has to kind of do that. So it's like, no. Now, the title overcoming and coming over, don't worry. Bearface is going to explain that. All right. Hey, Mia, John, how you doing? I don't know who else is there on Periscope because I can't really see. Tammy, I think I see you there. And I feel like getting a mirror. Wait, hold on a minute. Let's see. And I see George. And I see Barb. And I see... Just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's supposed to be funny. you got to be at least my age to get that. Uh, gosh, guys. Yeah, everybody... Everybody's got to be so stinking serious. Romper Stomper, Bomper Boo, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And Romper. then Hobo Kelly did the same thing. Oh. Had a all sort of magic mirror kind of thing. That yeah. rip off of Romper Room. But. <laughs> uh, so, do you guys notice anything different about me today? Do you? <laughs> do you? Do you mm -hmm. notice? My voice is back. No more coughing. Wait, like... <laughs> let's hope hey i gotta tell you guys a great thing i just learned about one of my friends in legal shield one of my best friends in legal shield uh i was talking to her the other day <clears throat> and she called me up and we were talking and she told me about this homeopathic medicine now look um i'm all for doing everything's god's way the natural way um and anyway she told me about this product Actually, the name of the product is a weird name, but it's from this company called Boron, B-O-I-R-O-N, okay? So here it is. I'm going to show it to you, okay? And um, if you just look up Cold Calm, go, like, go to Amazon and look it up, okay? And look up Cold Calm by Boron. I don't know. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but this stuff is made in France, Anyway, what's, she recommended the flu one, but I don't have the flu, so I looked up my symptoms under their homeopathic medicine stuff. And anyway, this is for sneezing, runny nose, nasal congestion, minor sore throat. This is everything I had, right? Because of allergies and a cold, I was having a hard time determining what it is, you know, if it was a cold or allergies. Well... I think <clears throat> I think the last few days have been allergies, but whatever. Anyway, long story short, so this is, it comes, I forgot how much it is, but you can look it up on Amazon. It comes in little capsules like this, okay? And it lists everything in it. So like on the back of this, it gives you all of the ingredients in it. And it's, the letters HPUS indicate that this ingredient is officially included in the homeopathic pharmacopio, copio, copopedia, or whatever, of the United States. So, this is interesting. So, you know, being the paranoid type I am, um, I never, I get paranoid about new stuff I put in my body. 
Um, so I decided to look up everything in here, right? So I thought, I'm going to go to Google <laughs> and look up alum sepa and see what the heck that is. And you know what it is? It's red onion. Like, you know, onions. It's And then this next thing underneath, apis malefica. I, I'm sure I'm butch butchering the name. But you know what that is? It's honey from honeybees. And anyway, and then, so you just go through the list. And, and I was I was like, okay, yeah, I can, what the heck? You know, somebody figured out how to make it into something that you can take. Um, and I can honestly tell you, first of all, for this, it's really weird. Um, you have, they, they say that you should take two tablets every 15 minutes for, for an hour, the very first dose. So I was like, okay. And here's the thing, it's non-drowsy and there's no no known drug interactions because it's all like food, you know. Um, anyway, so yesterday I only did three. I did six. I did six of the eight. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And so next thing you know, so last night I went to bed and I slept a little bit better. <clears throat> and then this morning I didn't take any Advil because I've been taking Advil for this sinus stuff. But instead I took cold calm. And what I can tell you is I've taken two doses today because it says the next day do two doses. It actually says take three doses like to the next day or whatever, as much as you need, right? So I've only taken two doses today. Um, and literally I can tell within a few minutes that it's starting to work. And all of a sudden my sinus headache was gone. My throat didn't hurt. My nose felt good because I mean this whole area has been bugging me um and I told Randall I said I feel like I came back to life like I was wilting and I'm back to life yay anyway not that any of you all care about that but hey I've battled allergies for a long time anyway so thank you to my girlfriend who told me about this stuff because it is good and uh, and I just want to let you all know if you're an allergy sufferer just check out this brand it's Boron Boron B-O-I-R-O-N this is called Cold Calm, and, but there's some other ones. They got like a whole series of different ones. So now that I know this works good on me, I'm going to definitely check out some of the other ones if I have to. All right, so the other thing is, Randall and I, of course, we always want to give an update um, on going to see the truck drivers because the truck drivers, yeah, the, the big rig drivers. So we got up early this morning, too. That was the other thing. I don't normally get up and out that early. Um but so we, we left, um, about 8.30 ish or something. No. When did we leave? Do you remember? I guess it doesn't uh, matter. Like this morning? Yeah. It wasn't till around 8 a.m. Yeah. Which is early for me. Anyway, so we went down to the truck ministry and, um, Randall and I didn't realize how cold it was. And we were we were out walking about 20 minutes, maybe a little bit longer than that, too. And by the time it was done, literally my hands were as red as you can. It was so cold. It was like in the 30s. And well, with the, I, the wind chill, was kind yeah, of breezy. And... I had no gloves or anything. But anyway, we went and, and I actually walked in Randall's footsteps. I, I followed my leader <laughs> and I, I saw what he does when I'm not there. Because usually I'm like, I ain't going there that early, but I didn't want to. I usually I wanted, get there around 7.30, 7.45. I wanted to be with them, so that's why I got up early. Because, oh. you know. Anyway, um, but nobody came. Nobody came to the 
much to the thing today, which was a bummer. Yeah. Normally, normally the ones that I meet face to face that are sitting there in the trucks and I talk to, if they're not on their way out, yeah. usually are the ones that come. So I was surprised to see no one there this morning. Well, the one guy, he decided he wanted to uh, um, eat breakfast instead. Okay. he was in the restaurant, that one guy. Okay. <clears throat> the nerve. Nerve. Practice. I mean, yeah. seriously. But anyway, so the lesson, you know, that I always come back with is that, you know what, if you're going to minister to people and you're going to go out and you're going to be a, a witness somewhere, then go ahead and and show up. Just show up. It's not up to you to to produce the fruit. That's God's job. Right? Yep. Your Scatter job is, seed. You're yep. not you're not responsible for the ground that it falls upon. That's what I was just gonna say. Yep. Okay, say it. Okay. Just scatter seed. You're not responsible for the ground that it falls on. Did I do right? So now I did have a anxiety moment while I was there. All of a sudden I kind of freaked out a little bit because it was so bright. I started seeing stuff like in my upper eye. I was like, the heck? But I calmed down because it was just too much light. It's really white. But anyway, <clears throat> all I have to say, um, tonight what we want to talk about is I want to talk about a little bit about being an overcomer. Um, and I want to offer some encouragement, okay? Because <laughs> everybody is freaking out about this coronavirus thing. And if you look at the media, you're you're going to think that the whole entire universe is falling apart and all of that. And I just, oh, and here's the other thing. And, of course, President Trump declared today a national day of prayer, which I kind of, you know, I discovered this after the fact, after we covered it on Friday when he declared, you know, a state of emergency here in America. I, th I told Randall after, I thought, I thought, what was it, an afterthought to declare a National Day of Prayer? God wasn't even mentioned during that press conference, which was right. 90 minutes. Um, so that, I, uh, I know this sounds horrible, but but to me, it just felt like it was a, a like, oh, we need to do this. Yeah. I'm a Christian president, and I have to do this now to, to make this all like look like we're doing the right thing. That's it. Yeah. And I'm not a, a Trump hater. I'm just, I just thought, well, it's weird, you know. I would think that if one would declare a national day of prayer or a national emergency, that maybe God would have came up during that conversation initially. At least mentioned once. And he didn't. Right. So, yeah. So I, I kind of Other felt than that... we got this handled. And... Yeah, I, I don't know. But what I can say is we found out our church canceled evening services. Um they had morning service, but we weren't there because we were at the truck thing. Um, a whole bunch of people are doing stuff online. I, I'm seeing people upset because they have to work from home. And I'm thinking, welcome to our world, people. <laughs> I work from home, so it's really no big deal to me. Uh, you'll see how hard it is to work from home. Mm -hmm. You will learn what it's like to be an entrepreneur and work from home without like a staff behind you and stuff like that. If this is what you do, but, um, not me, I'm not making light of this, but, but it is the conspiracy theorist in me. Um, I heard Jack Hibbs say, pastor Jack Hibbs 
um, gave a, a, a thing over on YouTube a couple of days ago. <clears throat> and he made some really good points. One point he made was that this originated in China. Trump has pulled the mask off of China. Uh, China is mad at us for a lot of reasons, primarily because Trump pulled the mask off. Um, he mentioned uh, how in Italy, it's not as easy to wash your hands like it is here in America. He pointed out, he played a clip from Fox News and actually he basically did what I do often. You know, play something and explain it or whatever. Um, and anyway, to make a long story short, you know, Jack was basically saying, you know, we're, we're all playing into the media's hands that there really is something wrong going on. When in reality, there really is nothing wrong going wrong. I mean, <clears throat> the flu is more dangerous than this, than this coronavirus thing. You know, and, and, and actually Jack made another point. He said, why are people like freaking out and buying water? Why are they getting toilet paper? I mean, we live in America, people. We have running water. Uh, the only time our water has ever been shut off is if they were doing street work somewhere where they had to shut it off. Um, you know what I mean? So it's kind of... Yeah, m m most European cities, and I'm going to sound like I'm some sort of elitist but yeah you, are. you know are retrofitted we know you're an elitist they're centuries old and things like plumbing electricity were added later much like the um older cities here in the united states uh you know sections of new york city um philadelphia places like that you know that go back centuries and uh, you know those modern inventions were retrofitted in However, much of the United States, mm -hmm. which was uh, populated, you know, much after, you know, even in the early 20th century, the United States was primarily rural, well, it still is primarily rural, but I mean, there were just a handful of cities. Uh, most of the places uh, today in the U.S., in the West, in the Midwest, Southeast, are all relatively recent, you know, like. 20th century, um, even 21st century construction. And so the infrastructure that we have here is, is different than it is in Europe. You know, not that Europe is some, you know, backward third world kind of country. Uh, when Jack Hibbs says that, you know, washing your hands isn't that easy, it's just, just because of that. Just like you go into uh, an older city here in the U.S., and just the way traffic is laid out and things like that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a retrofit and kind of squeezed in. And so because of that, um, you know, the cities in Italy are ancient. Do they have modern conveniences? Yes, they do, but it's not the same way as it is here in the U.S. where all of these things were, you know, came after. Yeah. You know, cities built long after electricity and, and indoor plumbing were the norm. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you can sit there and you can watch all your media and you can, like, get all upset and panic and listen to a million gazillion voices. 
all experts in infectious <laughs> disease. Suddenly. And other stuff. <laughs> or you cannot worry. You can be in complete denial. Hello, Sean. <laughs> you can put your head in the sand. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, or you could just read the word of God and, and not worry. You know, try not to worry so much. Uh, Randall went to the grocery store earlier because our dogs are out of food, right? Kind of. Um, and I didn't go, but I asked Randall, I said, so what's, you know, what is, I said, what was it like for you to go to the store? And he said, it was interesting. You know, there were certain parts that were completely wiped out. Um, so I think it's intentional, planned, media manipulation, and chaos. I think that's what it is. But as a believer, I'm not going to freak out about it. In fact, I want to use this as an opportunity to offer peace. In fact, I was, I was uh, on another social media platform. I'm not going to say which one because I have a certain person that likes to follow me everywhere. And if they don't know where this one is, they can't follow me there, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, so I was on this other platform. And um, anyway, long story short, one of the questions that came up in this platform was that, how do you deal with anxiety? You know, and we talked about that last night with my guest. But, you know, I basically came back to these people and I said, look, part of the way that you deal with your anxiety <clears throat> is by acknowledging it and then praying and asking the Lord to help you with it. I mean, that sounds so benign and like, oh, you know, whatever. But but we're we're told in Philippians what to think about. And we're told all throughout the word of God how to deal with stuff, you know. And it's not easy. Hey, I, I've been under spiritual attack, you know. I mean, God, you know, the enemy knows where to get me for sure. Um, so I'm not saying it's easy, but the answer is there. And then we can offer that peace and comfort to other people and and realize that, you know, God has put you here for now. You are alive now for a reason. He knew when you were born that in 2020, March 15th, 2020, that this stuff would be happening, that you would be here at whatever age you are. He knew that you would be here to, to deal with this stuff. So if you believe in God who's sovereign, then you're going to believe that he's got a purpose for you. And, and that purpose, hopefully, is to share the gospel. Now, I was, I was uh, on TikTok earlier today, and what I can tell you is that there is a young man on there who was a Mormon. And this kid, and he is the kid, I don't even know how old he is, probably 20 or something. He's, he's just a kid. But anyway, this kid got radically saved and he is like sharing, he's pointing out all the stuff Joseph Smith lied about. And I mean, he's taking stuff piece by piece by piece, taking it apart. And then he's sharing the actual gospel. And I, I was just so proud of this young man because I'm thinking, here's the kid who was raised in Mormonism, and now he knows the truth about who Jesus is. We know the truth about who Jesus is. Most of us, thank God, haven't, you know, been raised in a cult or, you know, you know, we had an opportunity to learn on our own who he is. But now that we know this, Paul says that we should go out, we should be eating meat, you know, get, get you know, feeding people. We shouldn't be babes. You know, the and this is why a lot of people in the church are freaking out is because they are babes in, in the Lord. They, they know Band-Aid Christianity. They, they know a scripture 
and they'll quote it and then they'll declare it, but then they won't do anything else with it. They don't understand the scripture and the context in which it was written. They don't, they don't understand the whole counsel, the whole picture of scripture. <coughs> Excuse me. They, they don't, they don't get it because they haven't been taught it because frankly, the teachers in the church don't teach it and discipleship is not very big in the church. So <clears throat> that's why when the Lord tells us to be in his word, to meditate on it both day and night in Psalm 1, and then he tells us to write this stuff, these tablets, this stuff on our heart, etc. If we did that every day, we would be more confident believers and we would have the answer that the culture is looking for. So for me, this is an opportune time. I mean, Legal Shield right now is debating whether or not they're going to keep have they're going to have the conference in Dallas. Um, so far, the, the CEO has said yes, we're going to have it. But there's a whole bunch of people in Legal Shield in the Facebook groups I'm in who are freaking out. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm old. I'm over sixty, and I don't know. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm <laughs> and, I, and I'm like. You people, do you not realize this is an opportunity? This is an opportunity. First of all, it's an opportunity for your company to grow. <clears throat> but think about it. If everybody is washing their hands and everybody has toilet paper, which means their butt's clean, you know, hygiene's good, people. So wherever you're going, outside your little shell of a home, you're safe. <laughs> I mean, this is a good time to be out because everybody's like caring about their hygiene, right? Um, I should get some water, bareface, because <clears throat> I feel that tickle. So I'm going to go do that so I don't have a coughing fit. But you can carry on with that thought because you are the other part of me after all. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, indeed. You know, I'm one thing that is good about this uh, from a public standpoint you know, awareness point of view is that people hopefully are being more um, hygiene conscious. If if the sales of uh, hand sanitizer and that sort of thing are any, any indication, then yes, it's good. Uh, again, because the flu has killed more than 20,000 people here in the United States just since October, uh, you know, here in the flu season. And with, uh, you know, far more hundreds of thousands of cases of the flu and more than 20,000 deaths. And if we were this uh, vigilant all along about washing our hands, that probably wouldn't be the case. The, the flu wouldn't be such a, uh, such a, you know, killer as it is uh, in this country and other countries. I mean, uh, Ebola wouldn't have been what it was in South Africa with uh, you know, some proper vigilant hygiene. Right. So I, I like that part that, you know, people are being vigilant. I don't like this shutting down of uh, restaurants in Illinois and Ohio and, and this national state of emergency. I mean, if, if, if the flu was in a national state of emergency, if the cases of Ebola back in, uh, you know, uh, what, 15 years ago or whatever, um, you know, weren't a national emergency. I mean, something that is usually deadly when it's contracted, not just, you know, 7% of people that, you know, that should have been a national emergency to make sure that that didn't spread. It didn't. You know, people were quarantined, but I would have thought that, 
you know, as soon as cases of Ebola were confirmed in the United States, there would have been a state of emergency and everybody stay home and be quarantined to make sure we shut this thing down. But people didn't care about that. The government didn't, you know, the media made a little bit of a, you know, saying, you know, swine flu, that was, that got out of hand and there wasn't a national state of emergency then. The government took some measures, of course, um, but... Well, you know, it's and here we've got something that's not life threatening to the majority of people, and so I'm concerned about the um, first of all, the contagion of panic, how contagious that is, and you know, this chicken little uh response this guy is falling, you know, loot the stores, and you know, whatever. Hopefully, not looting, but I just got frozen there, so yeah, that's a great freeze frame. I don't know what happened to my camera, but I'm going to put you back on. Yeah, I am. Wow. <laughs> They're trying to match me. Anyway. I'm going to see if I can reset my camera. You go ahead and talk. Okay. So, you know, anyway, so from a biblical perspective, this is what's interesting to me. And I've been thinking about this, right? I've been thinking about when are they going to shut down the banks? Ooh. You know, how many of you have read the book, um, The Creature from Jekyll Island? Have you read this book? It is one of the best books out there. It is awesome. It talks about how the Federal Reserve came into play. Um, Which is neither federal nor a reserve. Right. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's if you have not read the book, get it. Get it on audio, at least. I, I, I have it on audio. Um, one of the best books out there. It will explain everything. Yeah, and what what I think is Can funny. I... Go ahead. I'm sorry. It was just on the same subject. Okay, but... Go ahead. Then I'll finish. No, you finish. I want you to forget your thought. You're old. I, I won't forget. Okay. All right. So over on the Drudge Report, it says that the Fed has cut the thing to zero, near zero. So there's this picture. It says here, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell pauses during a news conference Tuesday, March 3rd, 2020, while discussing an announcement from the Federal Open Market Committee in Washington. In a surprise move, the Federal Reserve cuts its benchmark interest rate by a sizable half percentage point uh, in an effort to support the economy in the face of the spreading coronavirus. So it said here, the Federal Reserve took massive emergency action Sunday to try to help the economy withstand the coronavirus by slashing its benchmark interest rate to near zero and saying it would buy $700 billion in Treasury and mortgage bonds. The Fed's surprise announcement signaled its rising concern that the viral outbreak will depress economic growth in coming months, likely causing a recession, and that it's poised to do whatever it can to counter the risks. It cut its key rate by a full percentage point to a range between zero and, point, and 0.25%. The central bank bank said it will keep its rate there until it is confident that the economy has weathered recent events. Well, anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of it. You can go to the Drudge Report and look at it. I've been wondering when they were going to get that, when they were going to um, deal with the, that, because all of a sudden you're controlling the people, you're keeping them inside, you're stopping travel, you're closing schools, you're making them buy things they did that they don't need, and now you're going to deal with their money too, people. Mm-hmm. And then who's going to step in and save the day? Well, obviously it's a political move 
because of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been doing great things for America. Well, the world elite don't like that, right? They don't like it. Um, they're mad. But here's the thing. As believers, we can capitalize on this. And I don't mean in a financial way. I mean, we have so much opportunity to share the word of God with people and point them to the word of God and say, look, check this out, man. Is this exciting or what? Great things are happening. I mean, we really live in, I mean, we live in exciting days as people of God's word. If we seize the opportunity, you know, to just be bold, stand up and go with God wherever he calls us to go. Because you don't know who you're going to impact for the Lord. You just don't know. Right, Barb? Barb knows because Barb's been around for a very long time, haven't you? <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, so, and, and the Fed does need to go. I completely agree. It's completely not even, I mean, it's a, yeah. Anyway, that's another show. But anyway, yeah, what I was just going to say about that, one of the things Trump said in this national emergency, the question about the cruise lines came mm -hmm. up and said they were going to help bail Bailing that out. out. Right. Um, I'm thinking, yeah, this this is a nation that is, you know, on paper, what, 20, 30 million, 30 trillion dollars in debt. I don't know anymore. It was 17 trillion and growing and but indebted to who borrowed money from who Well, borrowed from. The Federal Reserve, which is is not federal, it has nothing to do with the federal government, it has nothing to do with the U.S. government. It's a group of banks, um, basically world bankers, and it's not a reserve. They don't hold any money in reserve. They just, by fiat, determine the value of money. Well, it's not exactly pull the hat. There's some. There are. Um, there's a little bit of math behind it, but at the end of the day, it's it's vapor currency. It's it, there's no real value. Yeah, read the book. Go back to uh, the Wilson administration, Woodrow Wilson, and you know, and and you know, eventually going yeah. out the gold standard, and, creating and, fake money. Exactly. They're yeah, just pulling it out of thin air. That and yeah, ultimately, yeah, it's just thin air. Yeah. So here's the other thing, though, too. Now, Donald Trump you know, ask everybody to pray today, right? I'm just going to say this, and I, it's probably not going to go over well with a couple of people, but whatever, I don't care. <clears throat> I I don't stand, I, I have a real hard time taking serious our national days of prayer. I just do. Not because I don't pray, because I pray every day, usually. Um, but... Uh, to me, this feels like it's a, it's like a, like, oh, I forgot to play this card during the national emergency press conference, you know, um, but okay, whatever. Let's say, let's say it's genuine. Okay. Let me ask you something. How many of you are praying for your five, your most wanted list? You know, those people a couple years ago, I, I started this little campaign saying, you know, make your most wanted list. You know, who are those at least five people that are not saved yet that you're praying for their salvation? It's interesting that we could pray all of a sudden about this pandemic, but why aren't we praying for a revival? Why aren't we praying for the salvation of all those people on their way to hell, right? I mean, to me, that's more important. And here's the thing. If you're going to eradicate fear in the culture, the way to do that is by introducing them to the Prince of Peace, not by some other means you know what i mean so 
It's just a thought for what it's worth. <laughs> that and a bag of chips will make your water. You'll need water. Anyway, so let's thank our sponsor and then Bearface is going to talk about Romans 5 and 6, right? Something like that. Something like that. Okay, so Ariel Ministries has blessed us by sponsoring us for about three and a half years now. Uh, you guys go over there, ariel.org, get the books, get Yeshua, get Israelology, the Missing Link in Systematic Theology, get um, the book on Revelation. I forgot I forgot what it's called. Footsteps of the Messiah. Footsteps of the Messiah. Get that book. That will actually teach you about the end times. Really good. Um, and save 20% while you can. Next next month, this is gone. You won't save 20% anymore. That's going to be gone. <clears throat> yeah, it will. Um, also, uh, if you want to donate to our show, we appreciate any donation that you can give. I don't care how much it is. <laughs> We're losing 650 bucks a month as of next month. So anything you give that can help kind of cushion make that because we've needed every penny of that 650, um, we gladly accept it and thank you in advance. Um, give as God tells you to. I'm not going to say, oh, please, if you give, I will give you a golden bracelet. You know, I want none of that crap. I'm not going to say any of that. Just give as God wants you to give, you know, any amount. I know Sean, Mia, Barb, at least, I mean, I can see you three. You all give to us. I am totally appreciative of that. You have no idea how much, but I am. Okay. Uh, also, Legal Shield. If you're not a member of Legal Shield yet, now is a good time to become one. I'm going to tell you something. Um, there's lots of stuff that's going on, right? Charitable solicitation fraud can take place. Contractor vendor fraud. Price gouging. Uh, property insurance fraud. IRS fraud. Tons of fraud can take place. Uh, if you don't have identity theft protection, now's a good time to get it. And get your legal shield. Get your will done. You know? Hey, and if you're already a member, do me a favor and refer me to a couple of people. Okay? You know me. I'm going to treat them great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that they know what they have. I'm going to teach them how to use it if they need help. And I'm going to help them get their will done if they don't have it done. You know? Because that's really important. And any other thing that you need to use it for... Um, you know, use it because it's a great service. So just get in touch with me and then we can do that too. All right. And thank you in advance already for that. Uh, I probably will be doing a couple of zooms this week as well, just because I know, I don't even know if our network meetings are going to be meeting yet. I don't know how much our city is freaked out in our normal, you know, my job is to network. That's how I get business. So we'll see. Do, have you heard anything? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. I've... About any of our groups? Okay, well. <clears throat> I mean, some, you know, the East Nashville group was relocated because the meeting place was wiped, wa out. wiped out by a tornado. Yeah. So, it's meeting now in Donaldson instead of East Nashville, but uh, nothing related to this this panic pandemic. Yeah. I like that, panic pandemic. Yeah. And thank you, Barb, for saying we're doing such a good job. Oh, mm, look at that. You didn't even pick on us. No snarky <laughs> comment or anything. Oh, she reserves that for other people. No, she sends it to me in an email. <laughs> Don't worry. I got your email, and I did read it, and I am being careful. Yeah, I am. All right. Um, okay, what else? Did you guys like my guest last night? Gina, did you join her group yet? If not, you should check it out. She's doing some good teaching in it over on Facebook. 
Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I got. Mm. All right, I was trying to match my head to the size of yours. Yeah. Well, next Friday, hopefully, I will look different. Now, I'm getting my hair cut finally this week, Lord willing, if I don't get sick again. Um, I am getting my hair cut. I'm not going to get it cut short, but I am going to get it trimmed because this part here, not that any of you all care, but this side looks fine. This This side does what I want. This side drives me crazy because it's too long. I mean, this because that's how long it is, people. It really needs to be cut to about my nose right there. So this needs to be cut off so that I can layer it better because it's, yeah, anyway. Not that you all care, but thick hair is, mm -hmm. it's thick curly hair is a pain in the butt. All right, 40 <laughs> minutes into this program. 40 minutes in. <laughs> Sorry about that, but whatever. It is what it is, people. Mm. Okay. I wasn't helping, but yeah. But anyway. anyway, thank you for tuning in, and um, just know that Randall loves you more than he can tell you, and uh, he doesn't tell you as much as he should. Probably not. <laughs> I know that I don't. But uh, I have a funny way of showing it too. He does. Um, but yeah, and I love you, and you know that. Some of you I don't love as much as I love others. Um, you need to work on that. I do. I know. I do. <laughs> I admit it. But anyway, so, okay, so that's it. I'm going to shut up and let Randall talk now because uh, he's going to teach us the Bible. Yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about in Luke chapter 24, the famous road to Emmaus, two disciples there, and which Yeshua catches up with and says, hey, what what's going on? And um, And they're freaking out about, well, the resurrection, basically. They're freaking out because who they thought was Messiah, which they were correct, but uh, you know who they were hoping to be a certain way was crucified, and then there were reports of his resurrection. They weren't sure what to make of it, and uh, the Lord's rebuke of them was that uh, they shouldn't be upset, they shouldn't be confused, they shouldn't be stressing out because they should have known the scriptures. And we read in verse 27 of Luke chapter 24, beginning from Moses and from all the prophets, he was expounding to them in all the writings the things about himself. And your English translation may be different, but I think it's important to see it that way as the Moses, the prophets, and the writings. That's because in Hebrew understanding, Jewish understanding, the Old Testament is divided into three parts. Uh, the Torah, the, the law, uh, uh, the um, Nevi'im, the prophets, and the Ketuvim, the, the, the writings. And so when Yeshua expounded to them or explained to them uh, all the things beginning from Moses, the Torah, the, the, all the prophets, the Nevi'im, the things in all the writings, the Ketuvim, uh, the things about himself on all in all three divisions of the Old Testament, uh, the Tanakh. You've probably heard that Tanakh is an acronym uh, from the letters. Um, um, uh, um, is it Tet or Tav? I think it's Tav, Tav, uh, Nun, and um, Gaf. Uh, 
so it's an acronym, Tanakh, which is for the Torah, Nevi'im, uh, Ketuvim. So, so they were ups, they were unnecessarily stressed out because they weren't familiar with the scriptures. And so I'm a big fan of reading things in context instead of pulling these verses out and claiming them, whatever. You know, scripture memorization is good, that's fine, but it's good to really know the word, understand it in context. And so as we look into the word here, and I'm going to just focus on a on a couple of passages, but I'm going to talk about it in its broader context. The Bible is the only book that comes with its author, uh, so let us approach the author for understanding. Father God, you are the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, uh, the ultimate author of this, the written word of God that's been preserved throughout the ages for our instruction, our equipping and righteousness, Lord, that we might be thoroughly equipped, prepared for every good work. Uh, we pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, spirits that are receptive, sensitive to the leading of your spirit, that we might receive all that you have for us. Uh, in this time, uh, open our eyes that we might behold marvelous things uh, from your word, for we offer ourselves and this time to you in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah. All right, the book of Romans, uh, written to both a, a, a Jewish audience and a Gentile audience by a Jew, a Pharisee of Pharisees, born of the tribe of Benjamin, Benjamin, circumcised the eighth day, all the things we read about the Apostle Paul, uh, writing to a mixed audience, uh, Jewish believers and uh, Gentile believers. And he lays out this you know, great systematic theology in the book of Romans. And again, I believe in looking things context, but for <laughs> sake of brevity, 14 minutes till 9 p.m. here, Central Daylight Time, uh, basically Romans 1 tells us that the world is in a mess. You already know that, but Paul tells us that. Uh, verse 18 in chapter 1, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, or that's the, that's the King James, uh, or, or suppress, hold down the truth in righteousness. Everybody knows the truth. Uh, I don't think there's any such thing as unbeliever, unbeliever and at least unknowing. There are those who refuse to put their faith in the truth. Uh, but in the heart of hearts, everybody knows the truth. It's just some of them suppress the truth, hold it down in unrighteousness. So Romans chapter 1 tells us that the world is in a mess. Uh, Romans chapter 2 says, well, so are you. Uh, Romans 2 verse 1, therefore, therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whoever thou art that judgest, for wherein you judgest another, you condemnest thyself, for thou that judges doeth the same things. You know, the same things the world is guilty of, um, we're all guilty of. And so, world's in a mess, so are you. Romans chapter 3, in a nutshell, there's nothing you can do about it. Romans 3.23 tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, every one of us, every one of us comes short of God's glory. Uh, 
none of us deserve a relationship with God, um, can earn our place in heaven, or even favor with God. The world's in a mess, so are you. Nothing you can do about it. Romans chapter 4, in a nutshell, God has done something about it. Um, um, and just uh, kind of picking out a key verse there. Um, um, it's a relatively short chapter. You think it'd have a verse right at the top of my head. Um, let's see. Um, well, pick verse 15 and 16. Because the law worketh wrath. You know, remember, um, uh, the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness. Because the law works wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be of grace. To the end, uh, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but also, but that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is father of us all. So it's not just Jew or Gentile. It's all God has done something about it. Since all uh, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, God has done something about uh, the predicament. And that something, chapter 5, is someone... Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, um, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So whereas before, you know, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, um, God has remedied by, um, through, through the Messiah, through Christ, that is, um, you know, this grace is accessible. Uh, this glory of God is accessible um, through him. So now chapter 6, which I'm going to look at, um, basically asks the question, what are you going to do about it? The world's in a mess, so are you. Nothing to do about it. God has done something about it. That something is the coming of the Messiah, giving his life for us rising again, so there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, chapter 6, what are you going to do about it? Or what are you, specifically, what are you going to do about him? So let's look at Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Interesting that it begins with a question. <laughs> and that is the question. You know, what are you going to do about it? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? What do you mean we're dead? As a many, you know, um, we're dead to sin. How are we dead to sin? Well, verse 3, the apostle explains, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, there are many opinions on baptism, you know, infant baptism, sprinkling versus immersion, whatever. And we could get into that. Uh, and the important part is it, of it is, as Peter explains in his epistle, it's it's the outward 
um, re response of a of a clean conscience toward God. Uh, it's not uh, it's not a method of salvation, and we can get into that. But it is the fruit of salvation. Um, just going back to John the Baptist, who uh, called those to repentance and to baptism to show they were ready to receive Messiah. In the same way, post uh, post coming of the Messiah, his his death, his burial, and resurrection. Uh, baptism is, as it was then, a way of identifying. It's a way of identifying yourself with, with Messiah, with Christ, with Jesus. Baptism has always been a thing of identification. Looking at Jewish culture, you can go back, you know, BC, etc. It's always belong. Um, you know, the Essenes had their baptism. They were going to identify with these people. The Pharisees had their baptism etc. Baptism was always a sign of identification with a group or, or a philosophy or uh, it's about saying, you know, I'm washing this off and I'm identifying myself with, you know, the past is gone and I'm walking in this new direction identifying the same way. And so in a similar way, uh, Christian baptism isn't all that different. Um, some people want to ascribe more to it. I'm saying it's very important. I mean, it's 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 a it's a sacrament, if you will, of Orthodox Christianity. It is important. Uh, there's a huge difference between between someone who doesn't get baptized and someone who won't get baptized. Um, and you can look at Acts. We could look at several verses, but this isn't this isn't a sermon on baptism. But it's about this identification, so it's important to have that understanding. When he says, "Know ye not, so that so know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, it was an identification with Him. So if you're being identified with Him, uh, then you're baptized into His death. Also, therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism unto death." And what happened after he was buried, died, he rose again, right? That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Uh, if you're going to make that identification all the way, um, identifying with Christ, it's not just a Christ consciousness or some of the things he said or it's all about love. It's... You're baptized into his death and also into his resurrection. You're identifying with him in all ways, part and parcel, uh, with his death and his resurrection. And so, in a resurrection, walking in newness of life. Well, what does that mean to walk in newness of life? Verse 5. For, we've, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. There's this, see, there's this total identification, even crucifixion, even before death. Old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. <laughs> Make sense? Dead people don't sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, and that was all part of that identification with him, 
and say, you know, I'm following him, identify with myself with him, he's my Lord. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we also should, uh, we shall also live with him. And that means not just in, in eternity, not in the, you know, sweet by and by, not just in the glory to come we'll live with him, but live with him now. Like living with a roommate, living with, with, living with your spouse. It's, it's that daily interactive life. Uh, for, now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, ye also reckon yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I like that, all three things. I love it when, when the uh, New Testament writers use all three things. Yeshua, his name, which means, which means God is salvation or God saves. Yeshua Christ or Messiah, that he is the the chosen one. He is the anointed one, God's promised deliverer, Yeshua Messiah, and Lord. He's master. He is, he has jurisdiction and rulership and leadership of my life. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord, Yeshua Messiah, um, Adonai. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body, verse 12, that you should obey it in its lust thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Oh, okay, well, you know, we read earlier that, uh, you know, through the law comes knowledge of sin, and sin is death. So we're not under law. Whoopee, great. We're under grace, but you know, not this hyper grace. Grace doesn't mean you do whatever you want to do, and God winks at it. Verse 15, what shall we say then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? But God be thanked, for that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have, ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, or which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, you know, because of the weakness of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity, unto iniquity, or, you know, evil leading to more evil, or lawless that leads to more lawlessness. You, newsflash, you never get to righteous living by doing something unrighteous. Unrighteousness leads to more unrighteousness. It never leads to more. It never leads to righteousness. So, you know, you yielded your members as servants to uncleanness and in iniquity unto iniquity. That's just where that road leads. You know, two wrongs don't make a right, etc. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. Because you're serving one or the other. It's not both. 
What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? Think about those things. If even if you're even if you're a carnal Christian, you're on both sides of the flesh. You dabble in this, you dabble in that. You know, Sundays it's praise the Lord, and you know, and Friday nights it's out with your drinking buddies. Even then, think about yourself before you made even a profession of faith. The, when your life was totally given over to unrighteousness, what fruit did you have? And those things which you are now ashamed. There's got to be something, I hope, if the Holy Spirit has touched your life in any way, shape, or form. There's something that you used to do that you're now ashamed of. And if that is the case, and it ought to be the case, what fruit did you have in it? What, what good came out of it? What fruit had ye then in those things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Whoops. Didn't mean to go there. Oh. Somehow I got just the verse there. Please stand by. Please stand by while I deal with technical difficulties. Um, there's the whole chapter. Um, go back to my reader view. All right. Here we are. All right. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in, Je in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, those things you used to do, which are now ashamed, fruitless. Nothing good came out of it. But, when you choose to be a servant of God, you have fruit unto holiness, that is, you right living, uh, sanctified, separate living, uh, which is <laughs> which is a much more preferable life than than iniquity leading to more iniquity or lawlessness to more lawlessness, you know, sin to more sin. It's it's a one eighty. It's a reversal of that. It's having fruit to holiness, and in the end, everlasting life. Um, for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. Wages are something you earn. Um, that is what we earn. That's what we deserve is death. You know, we've all sinned, fall short of the glory of God. However short that is. Five inches, five feet, five miles, it doesn't make a difference. All of sin, fall short of the glory of God. What we deserve, what we've earned for that is death. But the gift, the free gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, and I switched versions on you just because I could. Uh, went from King James to New King James, but they're very similar. So, why do I bring this up now? I bring this up now because I thought in, in this sense of panic, those disciples on the road to Amaze were panicking because they didn't know the word. If, if in this panic, this and there's this whole government martial law and the National Guard comes out and nobody's allowed to breathe without a, you know, 
uh, mark on their hand or the forehead or whatever comes down out of all this. You know, what would I want to share with people? Would I want to share, you know, conspiracy theories or, you know, or, you know, how to look out for the Antichrist or, or you know, what what would I want people to know? At the end of the day, I want people to, to know the gospel, to be familiar with the Word of God, the living Word of God, the Word become flesh. And so my admonition to you, um, if you don't know him, that you would come to know him. If you say that you know him, but aren't walking in the light as he in the, is in the light, you get that right. None of this fence straddling that, you know, some of this, some of that. Decide. Um, we were talking about being an overcomer earlier. I'm talking about coming over, coming over completely to the kingdom of light, out of the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of, of light, into the rulership, into the service of Yeshua, Messiah, Adonai, the Jesus Christ, the Lord. Um, make it a point. The world's in a mess, so are you. Nothing you can do about it. God has done something about it. And that is, the Word became flesh, dwelt among us, gave his life a ransom for many, and in him is eternal life. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Who are you going to serve? Is it you, your flesh, the devil, <laughs> you know, yielding up your members to unrighteousness, leading to more unrighteousness? Or are you going to be bold, stand up, and go with God instead of whatever whatever other thing, whatever other tide of doctrine or or feeling or whatever might carry you down the road? Go with God, people. All right, I'm done. Should I lean forward? Get close. Yeah, if you want. I can't hear you. Now you can. Hello, people. Now I'm looking at you, aren't I? Don't you feel like I'm peering deep into your soul? <laughs> All right, anyway, what he said. So, uh, oh, you know what? We do have a guest coming up this coming week. Wait, hold on a minute. I should have had this pulled up already. One minute while I check my calendar, people. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't forget. You can also join my text message list by texting 33, no, texting Bible News to 33222. And okay, let's see here. No, actually, it's not this week. It's next week. Good. Good to know. I'm having an attorney come on the show next week. Not this week, but next week. Uh-huh. All right. So with that said, be bold, stand up, <laughs> and go with God because he loves you people. We'll see you soon.